Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. Today, I want to talk to you about developing a skill that I think a lot of people have about half of it, and or at least are aware of half of it, and that is the skill of acceptance and expectations. They have to work hand in hand in order for us to be healthy, in order for us to have relationships that are beneficial to all involved. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hi, friends. I hope today is going well for you. Very excited to launch into this topic with you today. I want to talk to you about something that I've been talking with people about now for a while in session, some of my friends. I've been journaling about it, and and it's kind of time to go public with it to all of you, and that is the other side of expectations, which is acceptance. We often talk about expectations, or I do at least. I talk about expectations a lot with people when they feel big emotions. I tell them they need to stop and ask themselves, hey, what was I feeling? What was I thinking was going to happen? What was I thinking I was going to feel? What did I think was going to happen? What did happen? What's the gap? The right, like, like we need to step back and ask ourselves what were we expecting in that situation? The other side of that is we have to accept what is. And this is where it gets really exciting for me and I get to geek out for a little bit and nerd out. And, and we can talk about this idea of here's one of the things that I think is not working for us in how we approach expectations and acceptance in general in our society and that is this truth that we tend to not think about which way do they run first which is kind of a weird way to say something right like what do you mean which way does expectations run and which way do does acceptance run I'm glad you asked. I want you to think about it as an inward, outward thing. Internal, external. Expectations run internally first and then external. This is one of the reasons that I think a lot of parents get caught up in in situations that don't help them in any way at all because they're chasing outward expectations first. They want to put expectations on their children first. Or couples that are in trouble, I see this regularly, they come in and they excuse their own poor behavior because the other person didn't meet their expectations. And this is true at work. I do work consulting, which by the way, if you're interested in something like that for your business, feel free to reach out. Uh, you, you know, as we're talking through things at work, often I will hear from people about how they can excuse their own behaviors because they don't, uh, the, the other person didn't meet their expectations. That's what we call external expectations first. External expectations are, I have expectations on you that you need to meet and I should have those. We should have expectations on people. We should have expectations about how they're going to interact with the world how they're going to interact with us. There are people that I don't hang out with because of the things that they engage in. And there are other people that I do hang out with because of the things that they engage in. That's what boundaries are. There are people who like drama. I tend to try to try to limit them in my life, right? And so we need to have expectations for other people. But before we can get to expectations for other people, there is this part of personal responsibility that we cannot ignore. And that is that we have a need to have expectations on ourselves first. Because what happens is if the expectations are on someone else first, when they don't meet those expectations, we are tempted 
to give ourselves an excuse for engaging in behavior that isn't true to our values. And that's really the most integrated living that we can do, living true to our values. That's what we want to engage in. As we engage in that, what happens? We improve ourselves. There's this element of personal responsibility that I am quite frankly afraid is lost in modern day society where, you know, we use language like, well, that makes me, he made me, she made me angry, he made me upset. Okay, then if that's true, then then you've kind of lost and someone else is controlling your emotions. But of course, we don't believe that. When I say that to people, like, well, no, I'm responsible for my, my emotions. Okay, you're responsible for how you act out of your emotions. And so you need to start there. We need to start with that type of language. This happened and I felt, but we have to start with our own expectations. I was talking to a couple one time and I said to one of them, I said, you know, and this was in session, I said, the reality is no matter what the other person does, you have to live up to who you want to be. You cannot say, I did this because my husband did that. I did this because my wife did that. You can say that, I guess. It's not that you can't. You can't say that and be healthy because healthy people hold their own standard first. Healthy people engage their own expectations first. So I have to have expectations for me first and foremost. I have to have expectations for myself first and foremost. When I, I used to work at a, at a local mental hospital and, and two guys got fired and there was this staff that was like, oh, we're going to mutiny, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, when I was talking to one of the supervisors at the time, I said, it's all right, we can be professional. She said, well, what do you think about them getting fired? I'm like, it doesn't matter what I think in this context, because in this context, my expectations have to be for myself first, that I am going to act as a professional. And then maybe at another time we can have a conversation about how I feel. But that's the acceptance piece, because the reality is the position that I was in at the time, they could fire anybody they wanted because it wasn't my call. It was people above me. And that's acceptance. And this is where we get upset because like, well, what do you mean? You should have, you should have protested. You should have gone and made signs and walked around the hospital. Why? How does that help those kids that need care, right? Self-expectation, expectation that runs inward. Ask yourself, what's the win in what I'm doing? What's the target in what I'm shooting for here? What am I aiming for? What am I looking forward to? What am I hoping to accomplish? What's my mission? What's my desired outcome? And nothing should dissuade me from that except more information which may help me make a different choice. In other words, a good expectation on ourselves might be, hey, you know what? I might not have enough information right now. Based on the information I have, this is the thing that I'm chasing. This is the thing that I'm trying to do. And I might be wrong. That's a great expectation to have. I could be wrong. And so I want to be aware of new data coming in. This is one of the reasons that I hate the phrase, winners never quit. They quit all the time. They just quit sooner because they gather more information more quickly. They're more efficient at that typically. And so expectations run in word first. They they become on us first. I might be wrong. That's a good expectation. I'm doing this and I know that I might get more information and have to course correct. That's a good expectation. Here are behaviors that I expect myself to exhibit no matter what. That's a great inward expectation. Here are words that I expect to say. And so we talk about principles and filters a lot around here, right? Principles of is what you're saying true? Is it necessary? Because if it's not true, who cares? If it's not necessary, 
necessary, who cares? Then once you decide, yes, it's true and it's necessary that I say it, is it kind and is it helpful? Those are principles that we can put as inward expectations. We can also hold them as external expectations on other people. The challenge there is that you can't force someone else to live up to expectations. Another reason why expectations go internal first. I can hope that you will have expectations and that you'll live by the expectations I have. So let's say that I have a friend who is consistently a half hour late to everything. I I can like talk to him and be like, hey, you know, the expectation is that you'd be here on time. And I might not even invite him to certain things because he doesn't do it because I can't make him show up on time. That's acceptance. That's why acceptance runs external first and internal secondly. In other words, one of the things that we have to accept about life is there's very little of it that we control. It goes outward. It goes to the other person first. Think about this in terms of how we talked about the pandemic and the government responses to the pandemic just a few years ago. Most of the arguments that happened were because someone was trying to control someone else. You don't believe in mask? What, you want to kill grandma? Okay, that's a logical fallacy. Like, literally straight out of the book, logical fallacies 101, because it's an appeal to emotion, and it paints a false either or. Oh, what? You believe in wearing masks? Oh, you're just a bootlicker, huh? How's the government's boot taste? Again, logical fallacy. Uh, emotional appeal makes a, a false assumption, conclusion, and then burns it down. That's a, a red herring, right? Like there's there's all these logical fallacies and that's kind of what the conversation started becoming about. And, and oh, I just can't talk to anybody else about masks. Okay, then that might be a you problem. It might be a them problem if they're the one walking away. But people would get all mad. They type up their their response and then they delete it because they didn't want to have to hear anything from anybody else. Or they delete their account for a few days. I'm leaving Facebook. It's too toxic. Or you're toxic because you're trying to control what other people believe and say and do. And you're trying to run expectations externally rather than acceptance externally. And expectations internally might look a lot different there. As in, maybe you do engage the conversation. Literally, while I was prepping for this, I saw something on Facebook that I was like, whoa, I don't agree with that at all. And I scrolled on because I have expectations on myself at first. And I've accepted the fact that Facebook is a really poor medium to have real conversations. There are people that might walk in my office that I'm recording this in. There's a little couch in here and a table. And my son is usually on that couch uh, doing different work that he does throughout the day. But I could bring people in here and have a conversation with some of them in here in person. But a number of years ago, I'm talking like 10, 11 years ago, I was at church and a guy walked up up and he said something to me and I said, I don't know that I agree with the facts as you understand. And we were talking about a national event and I was talking to someone else and the guy just starts screaming at me. The, not the guy I was talking to originally, the guy who came up and kind of jumped in. And I was like, I just don't agree with you. And I'm not sure this conversation's gone anywhere well. So I said, hey, have a great night. I appreciate it. And he lost his mind. Now I realized looking back, he felt like I was dismissing him and I could have done that better. That's an expectation I have on myself first. I can look at what I did and say, oh, I could have done that better. I could have said to him something else. I could have not, like, in thinking I was being polite and trying to shake his hand, I was probably coming across as dismissive, which was not my intent. But that's how he perceived it. When acceptance runs outward first, I accept that other people feel things that might not have been my intent, and my intent really doesn't mean much there 
if it's something I can fix. Now, if it's something that I believe is moral and they're offended by that, well, then that's probably a different conversation. But even in that, I tend to believe that hopefully people can do things that we think are immoral. And there's got to be some level of that, right? Speeding. I always laugh at pastors who get up and preach really hardcore messages about obeying them and then they speed. Like, that's kind of funny to me. Or, or teachers. I can always tell who the teachers are that run the strictest classroom because they're usually the most disruptive on professional development days. I can usually tell the teachers who are the most, what would be the word? The, the most, I'm trying to say this nicely, the most conceited about their knowledge pool because they get the most easily offended when someone disagrees with them on a knowledge issue. Like, how could that be? Now, the other thing that I have to run here as I run expectations inward first, outward second, acceptance outward first, and then inward second is I could be wrong. It might be because they have some sort of trauma that I don't know about, or they had a fight with their spouse that morning, or their dog died unexpectedly the day before, or their car broke down, or they have diabetes and their sugar's out of whack, so their emotions are a little bit sketchy. There's a thousand reasons of re- that, that something could be happening that I don't know about, potentially. That's a brutal acceptance thing. So expectations, I put expectations on myself first. When I work with couples that are in trouble, invariably they've stopped doing that. Their expectations are on their spouse first. And those expectations are usually real and what I would call kind of pseudo expectations. In other words, there's two types of expectations, right? I have expectations uh, that my kids will be where they tell me they're going to be. And they'll be home when I say, hey, you need to be home. I also have expectations that if they're not, there's a reason and I can trust them to tell me what that reason is, and I probably will just move on with life. And so these are uh, these are abstract expectations, right? Like they're not necessarily behaviors. I just have the expectations that if something's going on, my kids are going to tell me. Some people are like, oh, what a fool, what a fool. Maybe, but I don't know how you go around in life with the people in your inner circle always expecting that they're going to lie to you. And I'm going to run this out because a lot of times people tend to get frustrated with me on this. And I know that, but, but here's the thing. I was talking to a client a number of years ago, uh, a 17 year old boy who, you know, I start most sessions the same way. How was your week? Is there anything you want to talk about? He said, I don't know if I want to talk about it. He said, but I'm grounded again. I said, Oh, why? And we had talked about this a little bit before. He's like, well, Saturday I went out with my friends and you know, my parents said to be home by 11 and I got home, uh, by like 11.05. So the next day they were like, you will be home at seven. And he's like, I just told them, I don't think I will be. Seven o'clock's a goofy curfew time. And so I went out and I didn't come home till 10. And they're like, it's a school night. You're grounded for a week. He's like, but what they don't get is I can't see my friends for the week anyhow. So who cares? So I'll, I'll be grounded till Friday. And then Saturday I'll get my car back and I'll get to go where I want to go. He's like, my parents just aren't thinking it through. And and I know, I'm I already imagining, here, here's an, ex, an external expectation I have. I'm already imagining the emails that I'm going to get where people are like, well, the parents just didn't set up the punishment correctly. They should have grounded them from Sunday to Sunday. Except intensity doesn't work. Why not have a conversation with them? Like, by and large, I just have the assumption that my kids are going to do something for a reason And it would behoove me to understand that. Now, I might have to accept that that reason is dumb. I might have to accept that I don't agree with that reason. And there are times that I'm going to have to accept that I'm going to say, nope, I understand why you want to do that, but no, you can't do that. But I have an acceptance of the reality 
that intensity doesn't work. Or let's talk about sports for a minute. I ran into a guy at the gym and he was talking about how his three kids, they're all over the place and they have to involve his mother-in-law because one kid has a thing on the east side of the state, another kid has a thing on the west side of the state, and another kid has a thing up in the UP. For non-Michiganders, that's a relatively... There's a lot of debate over what up north means. And I think that's what he said, not up in the UP. But they got something up north. And they're never together. And he was kind of like, it just sucks. Bro, you can accept that it just sucks. But literally, my expectation is you could also control it. If only there was someone to control your schedule. Well, yeah, but you know, they might get a scholarship. They're not going to get a sports scholarship. Probably not. Like if I told you, hey, there's a really scary hole in the backyard and there is a 98% chance that you're not going to get any college money for it at all. But if you go back there and you do work and you start mining out the coal that's in the ground or whatever it is, because there's a 2% chance that you might get a scholarship. Your kid might get a scholarship. Would you do that? Internal expectations are about what am I trying to do and what are the possible outcomes of it? Acceptance is... The outcomes that I thought I was going to get, I did get or I didn't get because often we don't get the outcomes that we thought. I was talking to somebody one time and he put up something about how disappointment is expectations minus reality or minus performance or performance minus reality or expectations. And I said, no, no, no. Disappointment is is reality that doesn't match our expectations or that matched our expectations, but it wasn't satisfying. And sometimes we have to accept that. So I have to have expectations on myself first. Then I can have expectations on other people. It's not an either or. It is a both and. But then acceptance runs the other way. Because I can accept, you know what, my daughter doesn't want to talk to me right now. That's not true that I know of, but let's just say that it is. I can accept that she doesn't want to talk to me right now. And I can also accept what I'm feeling inside. And then I revert, revert, revert back to those expectations. How should I act when my daughter is uh, doing something that annoys me, is doing something that hurts my feelings? How should I act when I'm upset? How do I want them to act when they're upset? This is the other problem. My wife and I talked about how kids will live what they learn and learn what they live. And often, if you don't like a behavior in your kids, you need to look at yourself. That comes directly from expectations first, acceptance second when I'm talking about myself, acceptance first when I'm talking outside of me, and expectations second. Excuse me, acceptance first when I'm talking outside of me and then expectation second. In other words, I have to look inward first. I just I so believe in this message of personal responsibility. Now, invariably, somebody says to me when I have this conversation with them, well, you know, what about all the people that did it wrong for all the years? I'm sure, but that doesn't mean we should just stop. I was talking to a guy who's working with him. He's going through a divorce. His wife decided she didn't want to get married. And he had this, just this crazy, unrealistic view of what a good soul his wife was. And I kept saying to him, it's more nuanced than that. It's more nuanced than that. What's the payoff to you for pretending she's someone she isn't? And that kind of like, he like startled. And he said, you know, she says that to me all the time, that I don't love her. I love the story of who I've created of her. Okay, then you need to accept that there's a disconnect between what you think of her and how she views herself, how reality views her, and why is that? Now, again, there's a rub here because we want to see people as more than what they are in this moment. When I look at my wife, I love her exactly the way she is, and I hope that she continues to grow the way she has in the last two decades that I've known her. And I imagine that's the same for her 
towards me. And so as we look around us, one of the things that happens, here's what happens when we don't engage in acceptance first for us and acceptance, excuse me, expectations first for us and then for others and then acceptance first for others and then second for us. We try to manipulate. And and part of it is probably we don't like the word acceptance because we we've, we've tend to kind of twist it out where acceptance means I have to agree with what you're doing. No, no, no. You just have to accept that it's happening. I would never argue that you have to agree with something that you think is wrong, right? So so the, even my client that I had, the, the teenager was talking about earlier, I don't want to say, well, you know, you're, you are kind of, your parents do get to tell you what to do. You do live in their house, drive their car, which he corrected me. He said, no, no, I drive my car. Ah, uh, right. But th- there is an acceptance of this is what's happening. And the more time and energy you spend railing against this is what's happening rather than accepting it and then deciding, do I want to try to change it? Typically, the more mental and emotional distress you run into. Acceptance is accepting what's happening. So I go to an event and I don't like it. I need to accept that. I don't like it. A lot of times we spend all this time talking about, well, I should like it. Uh, I listen to people like, you know, they, they repeatedly engage in book club or they repeatedly engage. This is one that I hear a lot about as a counselor. It just blows my mind. They repeatedly go on girls trips that they hate. My friend, you just need to accept that you're not that person and it's okay. It's like when bullet journals became popular a couple years ago and everybody was buying all of these things to color them and draw in them and, you know, 7,542 colored pencils and somebody created a meme. Just stop. That's not who you are. That's acceptance, right? If you went on a girl's trip and you hated it one time, okay, maybe that's an anomaly. If you've been on three and you hated all three, stop going. But you can't stop going until you can accept that you don't like it. That's reality. I watch people date somebody and they fight for a relationship harder than married people do because they refuse to accept that it isn't healthy. It isn't working out. Break up. Break up. It's, it's just, just break up. Stop dating. Or, or you know, some, especially some of my older clients, they get to the place in life where they're evaluating life and they're sad and therefore angry because they use anger to cover up the sad that they don't have any friends in their lives and they blame everyone else. All their expectations are outward first. And invariably, I'll say to them, you're the only common denominator. Maybe you're the problem. Maybe you're the one who needs to take a deep breath and change what you're doing. Or sometimes maybe you're not the one. Maybe it's the other people. And you have to take a deep breath and accept that what you've done, you've done right and you can't control how other people respond. I see this a lot with parents, especially when their kids hit like 12, 13 to 16, 17, and the kid says something awful to them. And immediately what the kid said is true. But well, we don't typically, right? We have an expectation, I I hope, that we don't see the world quite as clearly as we would like to when we are highly distressed. And your 16-year-old just said something to you that they were highly in a state of being highly distressed, and you take it as gospel truth. That seems insane to me. Expectations on yourself first, others second. Acceptance on what's going on around you first and then for yourself and how you're responding to it. That is a trick, a key, a skill that we have to develop in order to be emotionally healthy. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.